You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. podcast. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today, who is going to appear magically within moments, is Valerie Willis. She just got caught behind an accident. Yay, technical difficulties! (laughs) Our sponsor today is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Coupon code DWA10. Please check them out. They're amazing. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you want to be on the podcast or have an author you think should be, email us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com. We would love to have them. Okay, my amazing guest today, who is absolutely sitting in the best background possible, (laughs) so if you're not watching this YouTube, you need to watch the YouTube, is Robin Minna. Minna. Woo! I did it. Okay. We got it. Yes, let's talk about what we're drinking. It's been a, definitely an interesting day for me. Okay, so I have, I'm actually double fisting it, everyone. I'm just going to warn you in advance. So I like to get Sonic um, uh, uh, cherry limeades, and then I put the Skunk Brothers Spirits Lightning wow. in it. That sounds is, pretty good. Yeah, it is actually, the Lightning is their um, like moonshine. And so it mixes really well with that. And I also made myself a pomegranate lime with uh-huh. gin because I was upstairs. I'm like, oh, I need a drink, blah, blah, blah. And I forgot about this. So just for the record, I'm going to get really wasted. Very on nice. Very it's nice. Exciting. It's exciting. What are you drinking, Robin? Well, I am also drinking gin. I am drinking what I call a Southern French 75, uh, which is basically um, Empress gin a uh, little bit of uh, uh, lavender, simple syrup, and Sprite. Wow. And it's in a... <laughs> it's in a, a Halloween a skull glass. <laughs> iridescent. I got that word out right. before I drank too much of this lightning. Skull glass. And I, I love my everything. background. <laughs> yes, everything. You are themed today. I am. I, I love am. it. I love it. I have my temp dog kennel in the background for my puppy because sometimes when he's down here, he needs to go in a crate. <laughs> so, mine is sadly locked out. <laughs> yeah, no, I mine is upstairs right now because otherwise he's like, oh, you're doing something? Mm-hmm. Let me get immediately involved in that. Right. Okay. So Robin, for those that don't know you, what do you write? Well, um, I, I write lots of stuff actually, but I, I, uh, I write uh, fiction. I write... Um, Nonfiction. I, uh, I I'm really into local history, so I have a local history blog that I, I write a lot too. But um, um, I just published my first novel, which is a YA. Uh, so that I love all of that. We have so many avenues to explore here. I want to let's talk about your YA novel that you okay. just released, and then we're going to peel back the layers. Okay. Like I'd say an onion, but I really agree with Donkey <laughs> from Shrek that it should be perfect because I happen to love parfait. So let's talk about your YA novel. What is the name of it? Um, it is called Hating Jesse Harmon. I got a copy of it. Ooh, pretty. It's probably background. It's background. But anyway, um, it is a YA about it's a high school romance kind of book. Um, it's 
about a girl named Frances who isn't very popular and she wants to prove that anybody can be prom queen. Um, so she enlists the help of her friends and a shy girl with autism who has her own secret. And um, they come, but when they find out that their plan works too well, she kind of finds out that popularity and fame is a little bit more than she expected it to be. Very, very cool. And when did that release? That came out August 23rd of this year. That is exciting. So mm -hmm. is that your first like public, whoa, and the lightning's here, published fiction work. I can use real words. I promise. I'm posting <laughs> that it is my first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. So what made you decide? Because you sound like you're an author of many other things. What made you decide to go into fiction? Um, well, I, you know, I've been writing since high school and I did write short stories in fiction and, um, I started novel writing, I think, uh, about 20 years ago, some friends of ours, we were, uh, all working in a call center. We were doing overnight, uh, technical support <laughs> and we were all, and we just all decided to do, um, NaNoWriMo. What's that? The, uh, in November. And we yeah. made a bet that um, who would get to the, uh, what did you, you had to do 50,000 words. Uh, we bet who could get to 50,000 fat the first, you know, um, and I won. And I ended up taking that and working, uh, turning it into like this 100,000 word novel, which by the way, I don't know if other people have done this, but that first novel is absolute garbage. <laughs> like not Normally a coherent word in it. <laughs> I now, mean, a lot time, of times for people, the first novel is um, a great exercise in what right. not to do. And exactly. then you move on to the novel that actually works. You know, at My the time I thought- My first novel started with, it was a dark stormy night. So that- <laughs> right. I think I hit all the bad things on out. that one. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, but that actually, it was a good thing because it got me started. You know, it got me saying, okay, you know, um, let's let's do this and uh, maybe writing something I, I really do want to do. And uh, I joined a writer's group um, in Daytona Beach. We are the oldest writing group, I think in Central Florida. I, I don't know that I can make that claim. Somebody might get, come get me, but, um, and uh, I kind of had done a couple of chapters of, of this book, Hating Jesse Harmon, and they looked at it and they said, this is pretty good. You should work on it. And so I did, they, I worked on it with them and they kind of encouraged me and got me going. That, that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So obviously you, you did this many for a time before, mm -hmm. you know, so what, um, oh, our co-host is about to magically appear. It's going to be amazing. Um, there she is kind of, there's kind her. Of. Kind of. It's okay. Well, just, it's like a wrecking ball with Valerie every time she comes into a room. <laughs> it's totally fine. Don't, there she don't is. Make fun of me. Don't make fun of me. I, I went I, on a quest and the traffic was worse than I thought, but yeah, I no, I told I, everybody Halloweeny um <laughs> theme drink for today. Okay, well we were we were discussing things, but tell us about your drink pal. <laughs> oh, 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 it's bee nectar <laughs> and it's called zombie killer and it's a hard cider Ooh. with honey and cherry. That sounds Ooh. good. That sounds very Halloween-y. I like it. She's going to be completely useless in about 30 minutes. So <laughs> that goes. Um, no, I told her, I let the audience know that you would be swinging in because yes, you I'll were be behind in an accident. And anyway, now you're here. Okay. So Robin just told us you're going to 
don't ask any questions that are, you're going to end up asking the question that I already asked, but go ahead. Um, but Robin was just about to explain why there was a 20 year gap between her first brilliant novel that she wrote, not brilliant, it was the first novel, and <laughs> her current just published in August novel. Why was this such oh, a- what happened? Oh gosh. Um, well, you know, I, I got married. I got married um, and I just sort of put it away, you know, like it's just one of those things where, you know, I don't think everybody does this, but sometimes you're just sort of happy enough not to, not to work on the, on these other projects, I guess, you know, life sort of happens and, um, and then I was not married anymore. I got divorced and uh, after that, you know. <laughs> Um, I was married and then not married. And then not, not married. married. <laughs> out the and, and, and time consuming. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. And, uh, you know, I just, um, you know, kind of sometimes uh, unhappiness sort of breeds that sort of like, you know, uh, motivation to to do some, get into a project and kind of bury yourself in that. And that's, that's kind of what this was. I, I, uh, I was just writing all the time. I went from like writing nothing at all to, to writing like every single day. And, um, and that's what, where this came from. So does that mean uh, book two is finished as well? <laughs> no, you know, I, I made a couple of attempts at a book two on this and I haven't found something that really makes me happy as far as a sequel goes. I am working on another book though, but it's not related. It's, a, it's um, uh, not a YA. <laughs> Uh, historical what, what fiction. What is the other book you're working on? Unless it's erotica and you don't want to say. No, no, no. It's erotica, it's... <laughs> you should say anyway and take a drink of your drink. Do tell <laughs> It's a, um, one, or a uh, historical fiction, uh, LGBTQ plus historical fiction, uh, but involving my local area, my my local history that I love so much. So it's, it's been a lot of fun to write, but it's um, about maybe 30, 45% there. Oh, I love that. She's in Daytona. Oh, she, you're in Daytona. Uh, well, I'm I'm in uh, Lake Helen. It's near Deland, but it, I can't. It's close enough. Yeah, it's close, close enough. enough. We we should meet for drinks in person because I'm. Oh, that's right. Orlando. You're in Orlando, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and I absolutely. go to Longwood and Stanford often to hang out with friends. I've got relatives in Deland and Port Orange. Oh, okay. So I get around, and and I'm pretty sure my mom went to the same hotel. I rented the same room in Daytona Beach every first two weeks of June every year growing up so I, I know I know a bit about Daytona and, and and a little bit about Lake Helen and stuff like that but as far as the the history I don't think I've really delved into the history in that area very much it, right there's another vast. rabbit hole she can take you down with her oh <laughs> yeah this you'd have to extend this out about six or seven hours but yeah I could bring it oh we're not doing it on this show <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. Valerie will go into research with you right in a heartbeat yeah. I'll go down the research rabbit hole she's like oh I'm gonna go meet Robin I should look up everything that's ever happened before <laughs> I mean, Nobody Daytona had that whole crazy, like oh. the guy who murdered his wife and was like, had a mistress from the, the Daytona Beach Pier, all that chaos. That was juicy bits. There is so much for Volusia County. I mean, we, as far as we've had, you know, we have history of paleo Indians, like ancient, you know, um, you know, the shell middens all the way up to, you know, murdering pioneers and, and the Seminole Wars and the Civil War. I mean, it's it's pretty extensive. There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, 
there's a lot of information and a lot of uh, opportunity to write stories based on it. So it's been a lot of fun to do. In that, that case, is- since you wrote a historical LGBTQ, like which time period did you end up settling on then? I am doing, the time period is a reconstruction, probably about 1872, I think is the year okay. I settled up. Well, that's fun. It is. It, it actually has a female sheriff, um, which is, ex, you know, not accurate. <laughs> it's fun for my novel and I'm enjoying it. So I'm going to suspend disbelief on that one for the sake of a good story. Yeah. I, I think that's great though, because you can take a time period where maybe people weren't represented, regardless mm-hmm. of what part of the lack of represented being represented is. And, you know, that's the fun part about writing any sort of fiction or screenplays or stuff like that. You can go, yeah, this period was neat and all, but there was some dumb shit and I'm going to change it. And this right. is how we're going to do it moving forward. I think that's really, really cool. 1870s female sheriff all i can think about is sharon stone and the quick and the dead oh yes yes it's 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 been a lot of fun you know um (laughs) why are you looking at me like that erica look at her shaking her head i'm like (laughs) i cannot believe you brought up that movie if i had a screen girlfriend crush growing up that was it You know what you should do? You should do one of those little videos on TikTok of who my my teenage crush was and who I married. Oh, there you go. There you go. I think you going from Sharon Stone to Justin would be brilliant and would absolutely go viral, by the way. I should. It really would, just for the record. That's, that's So... Well done with that. Anyway, so Robin, it's I'm excited that you're continuing to write. That is super duper cool. And so when do you intend on having that book done? Well, um, right now I work two jobs and I'm in school. Um, I'm about to finish my English degree at uh, UCF. So I am trying really hard to get it done, but it's it, this one's been slow going. I've been working on it about a year and, and I'm about maybe almost halfway through. So I, I am not a fast writer. It took me 20 years to do this one. So we can't I'm going for last on this one. Yeah, no, we're gonna, it's so funny. I had an interview with somebody the second time they've been on the podcast and he said, cause he put his book and it took him, I wanna say it was like eight years or something to do the first one. And then we had a podcast and the next one came out a year later after our podcast and he's like, yeah you make me write faster <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's so cool pressure. you need it's to so go cool. faster than that. Go faster. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna try and work faster for you i promise <laughs> you gotta work faster only because i feel with your background and stuff and especially you have a unique voice you're telling a unique story and there's an audience for it and if the audience just has to sit around waiting for it that's no go you know yeah audiences can drive us to go faster and get our work out there and do that i feel like if we remember there are people out there going hi i need the story then it makes as writers it's not just like your schedule it's there's this entire fan base out there that wants to hear your voice you know yeah and you know and i i think that sometimes the best way to do that is just to write the story that you want to hear and that you want to read you know like um this, you know, I, I did some false starts, you know, before this book came out. And um, um, this was a story I got to where I, you know, I, 
I think this was the first story I said, I, if nobody else ever reads it, I still want to know how it ends. So I'm going to finish it. Like if it never gets published, I, I just have to finish it, you know, and, and just know how that ends. And I feel this way about the, the other one. If nobody else reads it, I mean, I'm sure they will, but you know, um, I, I'll be satisfied if I can finish it. So I, I think that motivates me. Um, but I think there's, there's people out there who'd want to read it. Uh, it's a, um, I have a lot of history friends, local and stuff like that, that are like, you know, I think it meets kind of two different things. Like there's an LGBTQ kind of story there. And then there's also this, this history, uh, local history stuff that would be interesting. So I think it is, I think it absolutely does. I mean, we can always talk about an overarching history that a lot of people have spoken mm -hmm. on, but you're talking about a very, um, uh, different area of history that not everybody, like, you know, people can talk about the Greek gods, for instance, and do different takes on the Greek gods and stuff like that. But people have talked about the Greek gods. I mean, not that they're not different stories. <laughs> they called out. I like no, the but you, you integrate a lot of different mythos in your stories. I'm just saying that, like, if you're going to talk about Hercules, there, I'm going to give an example, right? There are different <laughs> variations you could still do, but a lot of people have talked about Hercules or Salem witch trials or something like that. Although I feel definitely more educated since I came back from Salem, but um, you know, particular parts of Florida and stuff, you know, it's, it's, there's so much history in little areas and little towns. And I think people maybe don't think it's important enough to talk about that small little piece, but that small little piece can be completely intriguing is where I was going to with my uh, limeade that has some of that lightning in it. So anyway, <laughs> that was my tangent at this moment. Yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm fascinated with all the local history. I mean, I could talk about it for hours. I could read about it for hours and, and that's fine. But, you know, also there's this other side of it. I just, I want to see a, a female sheriff in Reconstruction Florida kicking ass, you know, like, and taking names and, um, and getting away with it. I <laughs> so. love all of that absolutely love all of that and i know val will love that because she is a val's the researcher of the two of us i only research enough to get my facts straight in a novel set in modern times if i go fantastical i don't do um i make up my own crap like my fantasy is like i make up crap suspend disbelief, moving on but val will actually research so that she's not no you know I I go stepping up shit. and I don't know if you've done this yet. And I highly recommend anyone who's doing historical fiction or doing any kind of research, especially locally, like I email and I meet up with like local historians and shit to, mm -hmm. to get like the inside gemstones that you're not going to get anywhere. And I go to places and go to the little museums and things and ask a bunch of questions. And, and they're like, you know, you should go next door and talk to aunt May because she knows more about all this. Right. And the next thing I know I'm buying them lunch at the local diner and, and we're having like this really cool, uh, a secret conversation almost because i'm into the history and they've they're the keepers of that history so to speak uh like i've emailed a guy in france and it was like hey i saw your article on this is it plausible for this 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 and this and then getting a letter back he goes you know i never thought about that hold on and then like months later him coming back he goes i did a research dive and you're right <laughs> like yes <laughs> there you know I, i'm very lucky in that way that i have a lot of history you know oriented friends and you know i'm 
and people who are part of the histor uh, the local historical society. And um, I've shown a couple of them, a few pages of what I wrote and it already sparked this debate where, because my character has a, uh, a very rare sort of six shooter that she uses, but that requires powder to be put in. It's still, it's pretty old fashioned and they, you know, it sparked a debate. There's no six shooter that needs powder, and but there actually was, there was one in between some sort of hybrid that, and we, this went on and on and people were doing research, trying to prove each other wrong. And, and it turned into this whole thing where um, I ended up, I think I changed it because I didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I have a lot of nice friends who will read it and 100% correct me if, if I'm wrong on a history fact, which is great because it's the one thing I don't want to be wrong on is the, well, the little details. We have to take a break. We will be right back, but I want to then draw, draw the corollary between some of the sci-fi fans and the historical fiction fans <laughs> that will go out for blood when you get something. Oh, sure. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. You know what now is a great time for? A promo for Soul Forge Podcast. We talk about love. Loss. Tattoos. Sex. Dating. Stupid things we do for love. Pop culture. Mental health. We've had author interviews. Adventures. And shenanigans. What? Soul Forge Podcast. Where? We're everywhere. Soul Forge Podcast. Subscribe today. Forge your soul. Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrotherspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunk. Just warn everybody somehow Val managed to get food into this deal <laughs> again. And I've told her she cannot have food on the show. And but she I somehow weasels food. It. No I had waffle fries. <laughs> waffle fries and gin. Sounds good. Waffle fries and, and zombie killer. <laughs> okay. That's first of all, I think that's a horrible combination. Um Anyway, moving back to the it's debate. Hot and red. And so let's talk about you've got you've got your first book out. You've got your first book. What was it like to get it in your hot little hand for the first time? Um, well, book. I was absolutely terrified, actually, because I, um, you know, it's, it's an immortal works. It's my publisher. It's an indie publisher, and I 
ordered my books like three weeks ahead of uh, my release party, which was thrown by the Inter uh, Enterprise Museum for me because I'm a volunteer for them, which was awesome. And it was an awesome party. But, and we invited a whole bunch of other authors. So it was really well attended and we, it was a great time, but I ordered it three weeks ahead of time and they did not show up until the day before the party. And I was having breakdowns like all over the place because I was like, I'm gonna go to my own release party without a copy of my own book. And, um, but they did show up um, and all was well, but it was terrifying. So when I finally did get it, I was just so relieved <laughs> that they showed up. That, so it wasn't, um, it wasn't excitement. It was pure relief that you could actually show up to your party and not look like a total butthead. It, yeah, it was, <laughs> it, my whole life, I think, is me struggling not to look like a butthead. So like, but. Um, I feel you completely on that one. Bell raise your hand too. Truth. <laughs> and results are mixed most of the time but um I uh, I was when I held it in the front you know there was that oh my god like this is a real book like it's a real thing here and um I was I love my cover um there's actually a a funny a little bit of a funny story um Barney Designs did the cover for the publisher she's very talented um but cover was very important to me like, I think a lot of right of course all writers you're talking about it yeah hold uh, up your book Oh, so, um, that's okay. That's cute. It, it's a very cute cover, and and uh, I absolutely love it. I adore it. And uh, but I was very uh, worried about the cover when I first uh, found out I was getting published, and like you know, I wanted to kind of try and control that scenario because I wanted to make sure I got the cover that I wanted. And they said, "Don't worry, well, we're going to come up with a great cover for you," but that wasn't good enough for me. So I, I you know, I ran out and I. There was this cover designer um, that I knew that she's very talented, um, whose name escapes me at the moment, but um, she designed a cover free for me. She kind of does it like that. She designs covers. If you want to use it, you pay for it. If not, she kind of resells it on her website to somebody else. You know, it's not it, somewhat. And um, she did this cover that I loved and uh, I submitted it to the publisher. I said, hey, I got this cover. Can I use it? And they said, let's check it out. And they, they said, uh, no, we think we can do better. And I was not pleased. I didn't, I'm fortunate enough that I did not have an absolute hissy fit or cry and complain or uh, give them any attitude because uh, I was just not real happy because they weren't letting me control that scenario. But um, when this cover came out, I cried. I was so happy because it was so beautiful and it's like a thousand times better. <laughs> and I'm really glad I listened to them. You, you bring up a good point. I mean, we talk to a lot of different authors that do all kinds of publishing and the truth is, if you want complete, you know, um, domineering control over every aspect of this, you are going to have to self-publish. That's that's just the, you know, no matter how great a publisher is that you can work with, and we say this as publishers, the fact of the matter is, when a publisher is looking at a cover, they want you to be happy with it, but they also they need to sell the book, and they know what the marketing is, what you know, because people will look at a cover and. Instant the cover sells the book. You know, we never judge a book by its cover, everybody judges a book by its yeah, cover. And you can put <laughs> the absolute wrong cover on a book that will therefore not sell your book, no matter how much you love the cover. This we have these conversations with people all the time. They're like, I love this cover, and we're like, Cool, no, <laughs> right? And then a know? lot of times, a lot of times, sometimes it's as simple as the publisher and editors and the marketing team has looked at your manuscript and your story 
right. I realized, oh man, this is like a steampunk crowd. So we need to do a steampunk cover. Whereas you as the author, like, no, I wrote a fantasy story. And we're like, no, you didn't. Right. <laughs> or exactly. I wrote a science fiction dystopian. No, this is a sci-fi romance because there's too much hope in the, in the end of every story. And, it, and it's always hard because even myself as a writer, I know I've done the same thing where I'm like, oh, I'm writing this whole like dark historical fantasy piece. And then, and then the marketer comes along and she's like, uh, no, this is paranormal romance. Where's your half naked dude? And I'm like, <laughs> it's it's scary have naked dude and I'm like oh I'm gonna have to do this trust it you know there's a lot of trust involved and in, and when you when you get published you have to trust that yeah at some point you have to let it go and and trust that that it's done you know I, I had trouble with that they they we went through many rounds of edits and and back and forth and they gave it to me for a final read and they said we need it back you know by this date and I think 30 days after that date I still hadn't turned it in and they were like okay Robin time like give it up and I just you know you have to trust that it's done and you have to trust their judgment uh, as publishers you know um, and trust their expertise because you know um, and trust you don't know everything and then let them let them do their job you can rewrite the same story a hundred times you could never let oh, yeah. a story go I, I had a lot of trouble mm -hmm. you know that's yeah. that's how that goes it's so easy to get wrapped up in I can do this better and it's like good just write another book you know it's <laughs> true there's still a couple lines better. I'm like oh I could have done that better but you know I just um Erica will tell you one of the things I sent her one time and this is when Anne Rice was still around and bless her but she had a she started doing these facebook video interviews on facebook a live live thing and they kept them up and someone asked her do you wish you know would you ever go back and rewrite interview with a vampire and she's like could i write it better now absolutely any book that i've Everybody ever written, can. i can always write better because as a writer you should always be growing she says but what, what I, she says, I'll never touch it and I'll never do that. She says, because for who I was and what I knew then, I did the best I could have done then right. and be okay with that. And, and I'm like, what a great, like, like be mindful of who you were when you wrote the book is an important aspect and how much you've grown since then. That's well, a great way of looking at it. It really you, is. You also have to remember you're in school for English right now. Like the fact of the matter is you're going to be a better writer tomorrow than you were today. And the day after that, you'll be a so. better writer. So <laughs> when you start a manuscript and get to the end of it, if you wait way too long, that writer difference is horrendous versus if you get it done in less than a year, get it done in less than a year. If you get it done in less than a year, <laughs> yeah. your writer difference is not as huge as if you're trying to do it over four, five, eight, 20 years, you know, like you're going to be a very different writer at that. And that's why I think it's important to keep writing and keep going and not go back and go, how do I make this story better? The only time you have to do that is if you give it to some beta readers and they're like, yeah, there needs to be a little more action or whatever you trust in them, right? Then you can go, okay, where do I go punch this up? But that's not rewrite the whole story. That's add in a couple of scenes and move along, you know? Very few stories should just be junked altogether. It's just not getting sucked into them and never coming up for air. 
it's true you know i i i went to an indie i ended up going with an indie publisher um because i i really liked um what they were doing with their books and um they all their books are getting audiobooks which was something i really wanted and uh i just liked how they were supporting their authors and uh, but I did try uh, for a while to try and get an agent and do it, you know, the big publisher, you know, thing. And um, um, I did come close. I remember I, I had some some ask for fulls and I got some advice from a few agents, which at the time was rejections. And that's all I, you know, it's later you realize, gosh, that was amazing that they came back and read it and gave you advice, you know, um, and one of them is, um, you know, this book was, um, this book is actually a combination of what my original thought was for the first and second book. Um, oh. And um, I had sent the, the manuscript, on, they had requested it, uh, an agent um, in New York, and they read it. And they said, your writing is good. But this um, story is not marketable. It needs to have higher stakes. What do you, you know, what are you thinking for the sequel? And I told them and she said, that is one story, put them together. And I rewrote the whole book and oh. it was an amazing, it was amazing advice. I don't think this, that book was publishable. This book was publishable. You know, like I think that um, you should take the advice when you get it and, and, you know, at least listen to it because it, it changes your writing. My writing is like 20 times, like a million times different than it was from that first book. No, I think that's what you just said is brilliant. It's brilliant advice for authors out there. And you, you do have to tell the story that you want to tell. You do have to take advices. This is a learning process. It's a craft. Some people are, you know, it's kind of like people <laughs> who can pick up a, a musical instrument and just kind of go with it. And then there are those of us that can't get our pinky to work when we're practicing guitar. Like no matter what, even Guitar Hero, my pinky doesn't work. Can't do expert songs because my pinky wants to do something completely different than the rest it's of my It's got body. its own brain right. and its own agenda. It's fine. It's fine. It does. It it very much is like the Ash and the Evil Dead kind of situation. It's, it's, I feel my pinky will attack me. It, it wonders. It does. <laughs> like I'll be playing and it'll be like, no, I'm gonna. It, it, I don't know what message is going to it, but it literally will hit the button you like just randomly too and put a face on it. <laughs> I should. It should because it's his own little creature, my pinky. So I did. I and I'm just saying that because I really was like, I would love to learn to play guitar. I see people play guitar all the time. Months I tried, and my pinky would just not participate at all. Sometimes I could get it just to stay still, but you can't play guitar if you're playing with just the. <laughs> anyway, needless to say, it's a craft. That was my tangent, and. Um, I'm, I think that what you've come Very to is good. really good advices. So you are doing all this. Are you going to school for writing English? What are you yeah. doing? Yeah, English. Um, I decided, I don't, you know, I, I, I got a job. I'm actually a, a social worker. Um, that's what I do. It's my day job. And I Thank love my job. Thank you for your service on that because that's a, a harrowing job it's interesting but uh I, I love my job very much and uh but I it just always bothered me that I never finished the degree I started some 20 years ago and I I quit uh again right around when I got married like you know it just seemed like um and so I 
picked it back up and I'm about to finish. So it makes me really happy. And I don't know, you know, I um, thought about going into publishing and trying something there uh, or teaching or, um, but uh, just, it's just something I really needed, felt like I needed to do. I, I don't think everybody needs to do that, but I think it's just something I wanted to do. So, you know, or just be a kind of prolific, famous writer because you're writing a lot. I mean, there's, there's, sure. that from that. there's always that. Always I mean, that. You know, if you like that sort of thing, you know? <laughs> if you wanted to, you know, if you're into that, I mean, it, in the like future, if you so were inclined, you can absolutely, you know, go back in that direction. Um, so let's talk about your uh, writing. So, Val, I don't know if you noticed the epic um, castle that is built in the background. Right, right. Is that is that physical? That's not a... It is. It's... What? It's, um, it is foam board, actually, um, painted in my carport with my, with my uh, best friend, uh, Paul, who is my roommate. And um, he... <laughs> so um, this is his... Um, studio because he runs a uh, D&D podcast or D&D YouTube channel and he films it in here which is why I'm in here because the lighting is really good he what has room? a full teleprompter and everything it's called Roleplay Studios I think uh, I, are they on TikTok have they been posting stuff on you know I, I don't know they just they they used to be called House of Crit they just changed their name so I'm not okay. sure if they're you know what they've done under Roleplay Studios but um but yeah that's they film in here and they they sell games in here and they um you know they do a lot of fun stuff and uh, he's letting me borrow the room for a minute that is awesome i, I really wish i'd written a fantasy <laughs> because <laughs> that or a, or you know or 50 shades of gray or something that's what my friends I, I i we were testing this out to see how it looked and there were these chains that were here and they're like you need to take the chains down Let's look at a little red room in here for, for, for a podcast and i was like oh not that kind of dungeon <laughs> right i was like so what are you writing are we writing the actual correct version of 50 shades of right. gray <laughs> I think that would be funny. I just think that background's amazing, Val, and it gave me the idea. We should just build one that we can roll in behind us when we're doing the podcast. You know, this is what I was thinking. I'm like, I'm going to have to show this podcast to my husband and be like, build me this thing. We, this, this is all foam board. Painted. For &D like, I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's foam board, individual things that we painted and glued together. Yep. Which took a long time. <laughs> oh, no. Well, the final result was well. It, it, it looks real though. He was right. I was like, why can't we just like buy a, a mm -hmm. like a vinyl thing of our stat? And he was like, that's not happening. We have to do it right. And I was like, it looks right. really good. The paint so, and scrub things with aluminum foil balls. I know. He does that. He he makes models and sets of for Gandhi yeah, games, know. and he uses the foil a lot for that. And I, <laughs> I know. You know what I um I, I think is funny about you saying that is any cosplayers listening to this podcast right now are like, of course you use it so it looks right. <laughs> right. And this is I it would be unheard of to just put like a vinyl thing behind it. Like everything has to be, but all his stuff is really fantastic and he's a very talented individual and he knows so, so you know. let him know that you have officially won out of over 300 episodes the best background award and he'll be thrilled to know that role please do yes, best background. <laughs> we actually gave awards we give swag out which you'll swag. receive for being on the podcast awesome. but if oh yeah gave awards 
that would that would we'd give an award for that i i agree okay question for you you wrote a young adult book do you read a lot of young adult i, I do uh, um i well i used to i haven't read a, a lot recently but uh yes i i was i grew up on rl stein beer streets um all that stuff and then getting you know into and of course twilight and i love books so, yeah I was very into that. <laughs> that was one of my most recent favorite cover discussions I had, actually. Mm -hmm. You come back. I'm going to say this. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I hold in a whole entire cover discussion with one of our authors who was, anyway, um, and on it, I said, I'm sorry, is there anything about an apple in Twilight? And they were like, what? And I was like, I'm just curious because, you know, they've got an apple on the cover in hands. There is one scene. Right. Oh, one second with a stupid see. apple and the apple's the cover of the book is I it even in the book i thought it was just in the movie i don't know that is it in the book actually i i don't know we're gonna have to no, google this no, we're gonna find out mm. yeah, on, i'm but, gonna google this right now this could be the most important thing i ever discuss I, on this I podcast I don't know that it was actually in the book and i think they put the scene where he catches the apple for her and it looks like the cover in the movie to like play around with people complaining that there was no actual apple in the book. No, I, mean, I could be wrong though. And there might be one. It's been a long time since I read it. I'm, I don't think there was any apple scene in the book. That there was. No, there isn't, but here's what it says. Stephanie Meyer said the apple on the cover represents the forbidden fruit from the book of Genesis and Bella and Edward's forbidden love. Like, but let me just, let me just throw this out there. I'm whatever. I, I, there's no apple in the fucking book and it has nothing to do with the vampire love story like i'm just the point is is that the cover of the book does not have to be 10 scenes from inside the book to sell the book right. that is my entire point when people are like well my cover blah blah no schnookums there's an apple on the cover of twilight which is probably the best-selling young adult book of all time it, it's an amazing cover and especially at the time you know, there's been a million copies yeah. after it but yeah. it sold it sold me i i kind of like claim every once in a while that uh you know because when it first came out i remember i was at target and i saw the book on the shelf and i go that looks really good and i just bought it sight unseen just based on the cover i didn't i don't even know that i read the back and um i read it and i said and i loved it and i said this is amazing and i told everybody all my friends i was like you got to read this book and they're like that was kind of like at the beginning where ya was becoming you know nobody was really adults weren't really reading ya and they said you know that this is like a kid's book right like you're reading a kid's book and i was like i am and i was like oh gosh i am like that's crazy and all of a sudden like a month later, everybody was reading that book. And I was like, yeah. I was like, you guys are late uh, to the party on that one. But I think uh, the, the Crow series is another, and the Shadow uh, Shadow and Bone is another YA yes. that, that has done very well. In fact, I enjoyed the Netflix series with that one. I but, haven't seen uh, it, but I want to. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but the book was a lot of fun. But yeah, YA, I think, is... Oh they're going to sort of touch on adult themes a little bit but they're not going to give you a hard dive right. and it's kind of nice because you still get a lot of that those plot devices and characters without the adult heaviness 
And yeah, I, I appreciate you just went on a YA tangent when I was talking about the damn apple on the cover. I'm sorry. <laughs> I appreciate it. Where we were going. That's okay. I, I watched you, Robin, you answered this and you took her and I could tell from the zombie cider she's drinking. I was like, watch Valerie go. It's Robin <laughs> just looked over in a direction and Valerie was like, I'm going to go down that hallway. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> that hallway, that hallway looked interesting. That's exactly what happened. She is literally a squirrel. Like, let's go this way. Um, so mm. now you've made me forget what I was talking about. When she's we were talking fault. about covers. 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 No, I was talking about you reading a young adult. So what is what is it like when you write? Do you can you do you write everywhere? Do you just take it with you? Do you scribble it in a book? Do you put it on a laptop? Do you voice record? Um right now I Blackberry, use... like E.L. James. I no. <laughs> Uh, it's changed over time. Like, uh, hating Jesse Harmon, I wrote almost entirely on my front porch. It was really weird. Like I have a laptop and I was sitting on my front porch, just writing all that. And, um, and, but, uh, right now I use dabble. I don't know if anybody knows what that it's like an online writing tool where it saves it automatically and it's all on a cloud and it kind of formats it for you. And it's just easier for me trying to drag a, a thumb drive around and, uh, my laptop. And cause I have, computers uh and other rooms and stuff like that that i use so i can just access it anywhere i am which is great that's cool dabble is the name of it Anyone yeah i like it dabble okay okay um i'm gonna ask a question and then val you have to ask the last most important question oh, no, why last time she kind of screwed it up so i had to ask another question because it's a terrible question that she asked but <laughs> what about um uh you and like your writing environment you listen to music like what is that like for you um I will listen to music um sometimes in order to describe to get in the mood to write I will put my headphones on and I will not write and I will walk around the house and think about what I want to write like the scene I want to write and I will kind of like I'm like play it out in my head and then I'll just sit down and, and write it um sometimes I'll write just off the cuff and I'll listen to like very kind of low like meditation music in the background. It's gotta be something that with no lyrics though. Otherwise I'll just start writing the lyrics. Like, You're you like know. writing the next greatest pop song. Cause right, right. Except it's not mine and not what I was supposed to write at all. I'm like, What about, do you, um, what about characters and dialogue? Do your characters sometimes go away with you? Like do you, do they end up, you know, I, we don't ask this a lot, but I know a lot of people are very character-driven people versus um, the characters are part of the plot that they're writing. We have different writers, but some people say like their characters end up like going left and they're like, where the hell are we going? Oh, we're going this way. Do you run into that? I mean, it's it's happened. I, I've changed direction in a scene like uh, while, I'm write, while I'm writing it, it's happened. But mostly I do think about the scene ahead of time and know where I want it to be and, and kind of how I want it to go. And so I, I kind of follow that. Um, so, and it's not usually a surprise. The director, not a follower. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie's a follower, just- I'm a follower. Case. I'm like, oh, where are we going guys? <laughs> what, that's what happened there? Like I, they have watched, we've been at write-ins together and then like, it'll be dead silent. And then suddenly I go, <gasps> no, <laughs> no way. Like, You're totally so doing great. this, aren't you? <laughs> she does. And it's, it's really funny because she doesn't know this, but she'll talk, she'll mumble. 
and it will be like a disagreement with what a character is doing or something and I'm like <laughs> okay that's what she's doing <laughs> that explains so much about Valerie this this explains no, but I think it's very creative I think everybody has different creative yeah. ways they go about how they do it like I get ideas driving around all the time I have so many voice memos in my phone of like ideas or lines or how to connect like dialogue or stuff and I'll record myself having conversations that I thought of in the shower because right I don't know about you guys but the shower is one of the best places to come up with entire plot lines really? oh yeah for right. sure showers the car you know anywhere where I'm supposed to be listening to somebody else <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, Val, did you come up with an epic question? I gave epic you so question. much time. All right, all right, all right. Um, she did not come up with an epic question. She's <laughs> what are your favorite, them. like, everyone likes to write to certain tropes. Like, I am a sucker for a hint of grumpy sunshine with, like, it's got to be a runaway of some sort, whether in runaway from nobility or the past or something of the sorts. I, I like those tropes. Is there certain tropes that you enjoy writing as a writer? Tropes. Um, I enjoy writing. Um, usually all my right, my, my main characters are, are women, um, usually underdogs, uh, socially in some way. Um, and, and usually somewhat, surprising and in, in that they they exceed they're usually underestimated and exceed expectations in some way um that is unexpected those are i, I get that sounds a little vague i suppose not a trope but I, you know it's well, kind of where it goes totally a thing and and sort of uh the overachiever kind of aspect I, I will say this though there's a trope that i love reading i've never written this trope i didn't even know it was a trope until it happened to me like in person like real life but um it happened in real life okay, yeah no, okay, okay. So this is scared. a trope middle and i at middle-aged women who get divorced and buy an old house and have to fix it up <laughs> that is a trope that is a real trope it is. um um, what's the, oh God, what's the one where she goes to like, um, uh, Tuscany, um, or under the Tuscan sun is one of, uh, she, you know, she has to buy that old villa and fix it up. Um, um, there's a book uh, called the ladies room. I mean, it's like, there's just all that, you know, there's way more of that story out there than I realized until I suddenly started seeking it out because that's kind of what I did. I got divorced and bought an old house and had to fix it up. <laughs> And build a castle Wait. in it. I like right. that. Right. Oh, I did. Build the castle. <laughs> the old house was a castle. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I love everything about that. You know, I, I feel like we learn stuff. I think Val would agree. I mean, we have so much fun on this podcast and just being on it, but we learned so many things like that wouldn't have been on my list of tropes at all. And now it's going to be stuck in my brain. I can already tell. It's and I'm all our seasons coming up and there's going to be lots of new. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Robin, shameless self-promotion time. Tell people where to find you. Yep. Yep. Um, well, you can go to my website, uh, robinmimna.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, you get my book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Immortal Works website. Uh, and, I saw myself on eBay. the book again? Can um, you hold it up? Shameless self-promotion time. Hating Jesse Harmon. 
That is such a cute cover. It's it totally is really it's so cute. So cute. You know what I, I really love? And I, you know, I'll tell you, I'll show you guys. Um, my publisher, they asked me when I was making it if I wanted anything special inside it. And I said, you know, um, caterpillars and butterflies are a big theme in the book. And I said, it would be so cute if a butter, if a caterpillar was eating the chapter titles and getting fatter and fatter throughout the book. And then eventually, you know, cocooning and turning into, and they were like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I, and I, you know, a year goes by and I never, I think there's no way they're doing that. And they certainly did do that. They have, uh, I don't know if you can see it, but my little caterpillar is eating the chapter titles throughout the book and getting yes. fatter and, and cocooning and doing all the things I asked them to do, which was, I think, super sweet. Oh my gosh, that is adorable. You gotta love brilliant typesets. Yeah. You have yeah. to love brilliant typeset. Okay, guys, Robin, you have been amazing. Thank you for coming on this podcast. Thank you for having me. This has all been great. This was really fun. This has been Drinking with Authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance. Our sponsor today has been Skunk Brother Spirits, coupon code DWA10. Check them out. My amazing co-host that swooped in to save the day <laughs> and just superheroed it was Valerie. <laughs> Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment and share with your friends about the podcast and let us know if there's an author that you'd like for us to reach out to and interview. How would they do that, Val? Oh, by emailing us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com. Is that it? Did I get that's that right? Per that's perfect. Perfect. Oh, yeah. oh, brilliant. Drunk. <laughs> I'm out of drink. I'm surprised <laughs> you remembered that part. I'm just, I'm, oh, I, you impress me always, my friend. You impress me always. You're anyway. when I'm drunk, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.